This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. But Josh, through nine weeks, how confident are you feeling about this offense and where they are truly? Yeah, I mean, I feel more confident than I don't, you know. I mean, I know a lot of us are still have that bitter taste in our mouth from, you know, the Chiefs game, the Eagles game a little bit, maybe even the Bills game earlier in the year. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think what we saw as a whole was this offense really take it to the next level. And when you think about them getting healthier, you know, maybe get Rob Hunt back at some point. Um, Devon Achan, like I said, is coming back. And I mean, I think he's still like top 10 in most uh, rushing categories. So I feel like this offense is right where they're at. I did want to ask you, Jake, I mean, uh, it's crazy to sit here and think that we're having this debate at the bye week, but um, the whole reason we came on here and we were talking about Tua Tagovailoa winning MVP. So I want to ask you, Jake, where, how do you feel about this offense? And does Tua Tagovailoa become um, NFL MVP? Because I mean, just saying that out loud to think of where we were, you know, two years ago coming on here, you know, just feeling absolutely defeated sitting on here having to do podcasts about a quarterback that they were potentially going to trade for with all the things going on. I mean, to think about that kind of being rock bottom to where we're at right now with a legit head coach, you know, this offense humming and, uh, you know, a guy that is legitimately in NFL MVP conversation. I mean, tell me how you feel and does he win it this year? I think just being healthy, man, is such a game changer. Like consider the fact that this offense with Mike White in it up 50 points will throw a pick six. That's the type of issues they have, right? And that just kind of speaks to how great Tua is. And Tua, I think, has been that uh, ocean that has lifted every single boat possible. I mean, you have Raheem Mostert, uh, third with 32 carries for first downs, 11 rushing touchdowns. That isn't possible without what they're doing in the passing attack. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is right there uh, with seven rushing touchdowns, and somehow Raheem Mostert at 31 years old is ahead of him, and that's a result of this offense and what Tua Tagovailoa has been accomplishing. I'm so interested to see how the narrative changes when these guys start getting closer to some records. Like, when you think about Tyree Kill, you know, he sits at 1,076 receiving yards. A.J. Brown's right behind him with 1,005. Does Tua hitting 
Tyree Kill and getting him over that mark of 2,000 receiving yards, does that take anything away from him in a strange way? I don't necessarily think so. So looking at the MVP odds, you got Mahomes at plus 240 last time I checked. Hurts, 320. Lamar Jackson at plus 500. He has 14 touchdowns compared to three interceptions on the year. And then two is fourth with a plus 650. And to me, I, I think that is just a little low when you consider what this offense can accomplish. But to kind of put it all big picture, Josh, when do you get a little, con- I wouldn't even say concerned, but when do you start to think that, hey, maybe teams are figuring out this offense? When do we need to see an answer from McDaniel specifically of how he can overcome some different things? Because I thought it was really interesting on Tyree Kill's podcast, one of the things he said was that the Chiefs didn't do anything they didn't expect. They do a lot of things after the snap really well, and that's to be expected. But that might be a little concerning when you think about, you know, we know what they're going to do. We might not know it strictly, but we don't have any type of just cheap play to try to escape what's happening. Yeah, I mean, that's the next layer of this offense, kind of like the next layer of this onion that needs to be peeled back, right? You need to see this offense prove that they can when all things break down. The timing's thrown off because Trent McDuffie's, you know, bumping. Tyreek Hill at the line, you know, when that split second's thrown off and two of them lows out of rhythm, the entire thing shouldn't crumble. So, um, I mean, you asked when we need to see it, kind of right now, right, Jake? I mean, if you're not woken up by it and don't see the possibility of what Steve Spagnuolo threw at this offense on Sunday, um, I mean, I feel like that entire flight back, I think Mike McDaniel even joked, like, I'm going to be thinking about this game the entire flight back, you know, I'm not going to be able to sleep. And I think that's kind of when he, you know, probably immediately realized what this team needs to fix and, you know, at some point uh, you need to, when things break down, somebody has to make some plays. So um, that's what separates the elite teams from the good teams. And right now, I guess uh, we're considered a good team, right? So I'd hope so. I'd hope six and three leading your division, but I mean, people will say that they're not, which is just crazy. To me, but some Dolphins Twitter, there might even be uh they're down on it. You know, like people are so mad. Like there's no one that would have thought you'd be in a better spot. Yeah. At this point. And, and two, man, like two is second in yards per attempt at 8.5. He's just behind Brock Purdy, who's averaging 9.1 yards per attempt. But to kind of put a little wrench in that, Brock Purdy's longest play is 42 yards. Tua's is 69. So it just kind of goes to show the yards per attempt are a little lower, but he's nice. taking those shots. It's not the act. This is an offense that is attacking downfield. Uh, but Josh, how does this offense find a sweet spot? Because, you know, we hear it and it's so cliche, but you pressure these guys at the line of scrimmage. And I hear that. And I hear how often the Chiefs wanted to do that. Can the Miami Dolphins operate around the line of scrimmage when they're getting pressured at the line of scrimmage? Because that Tyreek play with the fumble, I think it was just, you know, man coverage and then then lined up right on the line where he could kind of just run at them. So I'm curious to get your thoughts. Like, can Miami survive doing these bubble screens to Waddle, which while it is successful, I mean, we're seeing some of these plays get blown up in the backfield. Uh it just seems like maybe they're trying to just get the ball in the receiver's hand, which makes complete sense. But when you have three missiles coming from the defense, just coming right at you, it's it's really hard to finagle. Yeah, I think just recently I saw your tweet about how, um, you know, they kept running all them screen plays and then it just kept getting blown up on Sunday. I mean, I, I think that is kind of Mike McDaniel's thought process. You know, get the guy, the playmaker of the ball in space, let him use his speed. But um, when it's not working, that, again, is when you need to see Mike McDaniel come up with some other plans, right? I mean, Raheem Mostert, again, it's so frustrating to hear him say, um, I think Mike McDaniel even said, you know, he said that they were vulnerable to the outside run late in that game on that final drive. And I think the first two plays, they got 30 plus yards on two outside runs. So why did he abandon it at that point in that game? So, um, you know, I think you got to trust your instinct. And again, I, 
I hate to use his age and, you know, his inexperience to, you know, maybe say that that has something to do with it, but we can't overlook that. And um, I do believe, you know, you get Devon Achan back, maybe he's going to run the ball a bit more, right? I mean, we saw it before um, the way things were cooking. So um, it's just, they're going to learn by, um, you know, falling down, you're going to get back up and that's what we need them to do. But um, yeah, man, it's definitely a little bit of a concern for sure. I'd like to get your thoughts on the rushing game because Mike McDaniel, he comes with the background of the uh, run game guru. Um, In each of the last three weeks, the Miami Dolphins have failed to reach 100 yards rushing. They failed to reach 90. I mean, uh, week eight, week seven, Mostert was leading rusher with 45 and and 46 yards. Obviously, Devon Achan is going to change some things, but... How do you feel about this rushing attack? Because in situations like this where they can't maybe uh, put their nose down and get three yards on, on a first and 10 or something like that, it does feel like the group's a little flimsy at times. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, it's definitely a little flimsy. And again, I mean, I keep saying Devon Achan, but when he's back, I mean, that's going to be an entirely different unit. I think the biggest thing is, you know, they do get stopped at times, and I do feel like that's when Mike McDaniel might abandon the run. And I mean, you can't really fault him when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, but um, you need to commit to that run and continue using it late in games because, um, you know, that's when that speed and our guy like Raheem Mostert, who also has the strength, you know, that's when it wears down on defenses. All it takes is him bold bullying over a linebacker that's coming down thinking he has an easy tackle. She puts his shoulder through him and he's busting one free. So um, I'd like to see Mike McDaniel continue to utilize the late in games. But, um, you know, I think he's still improved from where he was last season. I think that was a big fault of his abandoning the run early. He's at least grown a little bit, but I need to see him go all the way with it, right? Commit a little bit more. But again, how hard is that when you have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle? It has to be so difficult. I completely agree. And it's been a frustrating year for someone like Jalen Waddle. I think Mike McDaniel kind of came out and said he's had some bad injury luck. What was it? The first drive he got rolled up on in that game. And it was, it was, I was actually thought it was a lot worse because he was like standing or I mean, sitting there for a minute, you see him punch the ground and he looks over to the sideline, like not moving, dude. I thought it was like going to be a, a lot worse than it is. It's nice to hear that he'll be back sooner rather than later. And hopefully the bye week is all he needs to get right. Yeah, I mean, I still remember just at the beginning of the game, you were feeling queasy because the the Chiefs went right down the field and scored, and then the Dolphins come out, and you know you see Waddle punching the ground, just so angry, and he's limping off the field, and you're just like, this could not be a worse start. I know then he came back, and again, we talked about it. They did the end around, and he just looked so hobbled, and it was just like, damn, he was not himself. So we need him to get right. Mike McDaniel said he needs to get right because uh, we're sitting here talking about a wide receiver three needed to emerge. If we don't have Jalen Waddle, this offense, you know, you know, we, we talked about how two is the most valuable player. This this offense without one of those wide receivers is an entirely different monster and, and not in a good way. So I go back to that stat, right? Um, Tua leads the NFL in passing EPA through the first nine weeks. And then the passing EPA leader has won six of the last seven MVPs. I think, man, if Tyreek Hill even starts flirting with the 2,000, if he finishes 18-1900, and I still think Waddle turns it on. I could still see him finishing with like 1,400 receiving yards. I could even see him having a couple huge games where he has like a two touchdowns, two touchdowns, and then maybe even a hat trick, something like that. I just think Tua and him have that connection where if a defense can't track him down, it can be one of those games where all of a sudden Waddle's hitting you. 
But overall, what needs to be the narrative as we talk about it and we understand like the Miami Dolphins have a lot of good things going on the offense. The rushing attack is awesome. Two has been awesome. What needs to happen in these final weeks? What does Miami need to look at, let's say, when they're going into that Sunday, December 24th game at home against Dallas? Where does this team need to be? See, now you're making me do math. Are you asking record-wise? Because now you're just <laughs> – that, that, and they are wearing their throwbacks for that game, right? I, I do well, think they are wearing it, their throwback. It's the five games you thought were winnable. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. So, yeah. So, I'm thinking they were going to be a what? Well, Merrick said they were going to be 11-2. and two. Um, You know, I'm a little bit negative. So, I say maybe they drop one of those. So, what? They're 10-3. and three? I mean, if you're 10-3, and three, even if you have nine wins, I mean, you got to feel pretty good with, what, four games still to play. But um, you don't want to lose a game to one of these teams. So, I, I feel like 10, 10 wins, you'd be feeling really good. And then you just got to win, what, one or two games to at least get in the playoffs. But this team should want home field advantage because, as again, you see, they're just two different teams on the road compared at home. I like I like the thought process there. 10 or even nine wins makes sense because I think so much can be decided. It's weird because so much can be decided before week 16 and, and so much can be decided that weekend on. With those five games that are quote-unquote winnable, the Dolphins could virtually secure a playoff spot if they absolutely go bananas. But imagine if they lose a game or two. Imagine if they fall against Washington and then maybe even like the, the Jets at home. Well, imagine if they lose those two games, right? And they're sitting there at nine and five. But then you have Dallas, Baltimore, and Buffalo. Like, if they were to win two or three of those, you wouldn't even think about those other games. So it's it's an interesting, like, turning point that this Dolphins team is going to face where so much can be decided in so many different ways. Yeah, I think what's worst of all is they win these next five games and they're, what, 11-2, and two, and then they lose to lose some the of those three. juggernaut teams. Everyone that's still the same. Uh, the same narrative, right? They can't beat a good team and they lose to all, or they can only beat good, bad teams and they lose to all the good teams. So um, I don't oh, like that you brought up the commanders game because my buddy said he'd drive me there as long as I bought him a ticket. And I was looking at tickets and they're like super cheap. So I think you just put a, a black cloud over that. So um, oh. I, I do think the Dolphins 10 or 11 wins at that point and um, you got to feel good, but don't, don't dodge a question, man. Two a time low MVP. Yes or no. I'm going to say, I mean, I can't – I'm going to say yes. I'm just going to say yes. That's on brand, right? Two times a little MVP. But deep down in my heart, I just don't know that I'll ever see another Dolphins guy win the MVP, and that's just um, me just being a negative Nancy. I feel that. And there has there has to – a lot of things have to go right in order to win MVP. Um, I think a lot of people are concerned about the Dolphins. They're concerned about Tua because they haven't done it yet. And I think that's the only reason I want to say no is because it hasn't happened yet, right? As humans, that's kind of our dumb way of thinking. Like, we use the past, we use our experiences to project the future. So for now, I want to say no, but man, we could be sitting here uh, after Black Friday feeling really good as the Dolphins work their way out of the bye, have maybe two big wins under their belt going into that Washington game. And for you, man, I think the key is you got to be checking that weather. I think if you want to go to that game in Washington, because there is that big fear of them losing, but more importantly, they could lose and the weather could be absolutely miserable. Here I man, am. Why, you're, you're putting a, you're putting all sorts of a hex on me. If it snows, then it's just going to be like a Ricky Williams snow game and Raheem Mostert's going to hang on to the football. That's all that's going to happen. But um, again, that's part of what this Dolphins team needs to do, right? We've seen the evolution at the beginning of the year. Saw them take care of these bad teams. You know, everyone's ragging on them for it but the Dolphins team they normally don't do that right so let's see him continue that in these next five games come out of this thing hot and I think if Tua continues down this trajectory um he's going to be in the you know finals for MVP and that's just insane again because of how far we've come